0: Circle, yes we rotate. Three hundred and sixty degrees, ha ha. Three hundred and sixty degrees, ha ha. Three hundred and six, three hundred and
1: six, three hundred and sixty degrees, ha ha.
0: Good evening everyone and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight we will be talking about the Antioch Police text message scandal and investigation. On tonight's show we'll hear community response as people speak out at a recent city council meeting. We'll also hear the reflections of city council member and Mayor Pro Tem Tamisha Torres-Walker and Mayor Lamar Thorpe. And we'll also be asking for your support in honor of KPFA's 74th birthday. All that tonight on Full Circle. I'm your host, Freewell and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewill and Franklin, and I am your host tonight. And yes, tonight we will dig into the racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text message scandal that is imploding the Antioch Police Department. For those online, we are talking about the East Bay City of Antioch here in California. For about two and a half to three years now, the Antioch police have been under an ongoing federal investigation into a range of charges, including fraud, selling and using illegal steroids and cocaine, taking bribes to to resolve traffic tickets and much more. Just a warning to our listeners that tonight's show may contain vulgar and obscene language that was used during the city council meeting and that was shared in the text messages that people will be discussing tonight. It was recently uncovered in the investigation, the officers were sending racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text messages to each other in groups and regularly using the N-word. Many of the posts contained memes of gorillas. One very disturbing meme showed a large African-American man who was naked and his genitals exposed, sitting on the neck of George Floyd. This is what's been going on inside the Antioch Police Department. Before I get into comments from the community and the City Council, remind you all that we are celebrating KPFA's 74th birthday today and tomorrow, with tomorrow the 15th being KPFA's actual birthday. If you are able to make a donation tonight to KPFA, please head on over to kpfa.org and click on that Donate tab. You could also call 1-800-439-5732. And that can be remembered by remembering one eight hundred hey KPFA. Now let me get into some of the comments from the community. These comments are recorded at the Antioch City Council when limited information was coming out about the text message scandal. I'm going to kick off the show with the Quinto family. Many of our listeners will remember that angelo quinto was killed by the antioch police in december of 2020 his family has long believed there has been a cover-up of what actually happened to their son these new text messages have really brought back the pain and the memory of what happened to their son angelo let's go to the clips from the antioch city council this past tuesday good good
2: good evening Mayor Stark. um City Council members. <clears throat> My name is Cassandra Quinto Collins, mother of Angelo Quinto. Today, as I speak, I feel grief, disgust, anger, and disbelief. <sighs> Something needs to change. I knew that the moment our family started experiencing the cover-up of Angela's killing, I knew that when, at every level of this justice system, stories that were probably false kept coming up to justify Angelo's death. I knew that when officers involved in this killing and the subsequent cover up were promoted or appointed to new positions, today I know there needs to be change because of the vile communications that have come to light at multiple levels of the police department. It is clear that this is a cultural and systemic issue that has deep roots in the Antioch police department and the city as a whole. If someone is quiet about this, they are complicit. They are part of the cover-up and the problem. My son Angelo is just one victim of the many. And with this text, we know the community is a much larger victim. Thank you.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Bella Quinto Collins.
1: Thank you, Mayor. Uh, good evening, uh, City Council members, public. Uh, my name is Robert Collins, and I'm Angelo Quinto's dad. Uh, uh, Angelo was an innocent victim of homicide by Antic police officers, and like his mom said, one of many. Uh, a federal grand jury is currently weighing, charging a large number of Antioch police officers with civil rights violations including assault under color, color of authority, as well as fraud, distribution of steroids and cocaine, as well as eliciting false confessions and accepting bribes to make traffic tickets go away. We're still fighting for justice for Angelo and hopefully we will have those officers charged with his homicide. Now we have these text messages, which clearly show that a number of officers not only knew what they were doing was illegal, but were communicating that with colleagues and management in the department, admitting in their own words that they were racist out to violate civil rights, targeting people based on race and sexual orientation, laughing at the effects of their assaults had victims in the hospital based on the color of their skin, all while using racial epithets that are unbelievable, disgusting, and shameful. Let me bring up two definitions. Hate crime, a crime motivated by bias against race, color, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or disability. Conspiracy, an agreement to perform together an illegal, wrongful, or subversive act. To the apologists, who always try to make arguments against accountability, I say this. The text messages were sent. This is not something that is in, in, in contention. And these are being shared with the public defender. Assuming some of the folks charged with crimes were guilty of them, they will now be set free. They have no business being in law enforcement. I'm running out of time, so I would just say this. I call on the Department of Justice, the State Attorney General, and the District Attorney to investigate the issue of multiple conspiracies to commit hate crimes against the people of Antioch.
4: Hello, everybody. Um, My name is Bella, or Bea Quinto Collins. I'm the sister of Angela Quinto. I didn't really have anything prepared to say, only what I feel right now. There is a depth of disgust and grief and disappointment that just builds and it grows inside of me. I cannot articulate this feeling. Growing up in Berkeley, I had no idea how close I was to this. This was an urban legend in some far southern place in the United States where I could be judged as something other than who I am as a whole person, the people that I love could be judged as anything more than who they were. I'm astounded. I, I moved here when my brother was killed in December of 2020 by Antioch police officers when he was asphyxiated to death on my mother's bedroom floor in front of her. We know this, this is a fact. We know this. I don't want to imagine what they thought when they saw him. I don't want to imagine what they thought when they saw him dead. The first time, the second time, the third time. I don't want to know what they said about the pictures of him in that hospital bed with 16 different drugs just to try and keep his heart beating until those failed because his organs failed. That is not life, that is death. I don't want to know what they said when they were dissecting his body and they were taking pictures of it. I don't want to know that. But now all I can think about is that we know what they've said about so many others. And I hope for so much healing for this community. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. Part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I'm Freewill and Franklin and you just heard the family of Angelo Quinto as they share their thoughts and feelings about the recent news of the text message scandal and how it relates to the case of their son, Angelo Quinto, who was killed by the Antioch police. I want to continue sharing public comments from the community at the city council this past Tuesday. During the summer of George Floyd, the summer of 2020, protesters took to the streets of Antioch and some actually set up a camp in front of the Antioch police department. For full disclosure, I was a participant in that protest. But the folks that stayed out in their tents and were camping eventually went on a hunger strike. They were out there for nearly four weeks. This next comment comes from Shagufa Khan. She was one of the protesters that camped in front of the police department on hunger strike. In the released text messages, police refer to her using racist and sexist language.
5: Good evening, Antioch City Council members, mayor, city staff, community. I wasn't gonna come speak today. Um, I actually just got back from the gym. But um, I was, someone reached out regarding the article that everyone's talking about. And the woman that was referenced, the young woman who I guess officers were sexualizing and using races um terminology they were referencing me and to the officers you know everyone makes mistakes everyone does I've made mistakes everyone has and it's it it really like as much as I'm sad to hear about this I'm not shocked I kinda knew that there was a culture within APD that needed to be held accountable. That's why I started protesting. It wasn't because I hated the police. I don't hate the police. I think there are good officers, but there are some that really needs to be held accountable, and I'm glad that this investigation is outing those bad apples. To all the other officers that are involved with using racist terms and calling black people by really derogatory terms, it's like it's 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 too much. It's it's you need to understand and educate yourself that the terms that you are using are not okay. And I'm honestly very ashamed to be a resident of Antioch. To be sexualized. I'm I'm twenty two. Imagine all these other young girls knowing that your officers are sexualizing you and using racist terms. That's that's all I gotta say, thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Wow, some more powerful testimony at the Antioch City Council recorded this past Tuesday. These comments are coming as the Department of Justice and Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office have uncovered racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text messages sent between police officers and private citizens at the Antioch Police Department, including a Brentwood police officer. That voice you just heard was Shagufa Khan. She was a vocal and outspoken protester protesting police brutality in the summer of 2020. The text message she's referring to sexualized her and made fun of her nationality as she is descended from Afghan parents or grandparents. These text messages are rude and vulgar and they make light of the protesters. What did they call her? What did they say? They said she looked like an Arabian cum dumpster. These are the words and the language the Antioch police are using, describing a young woman who was probably 19 when this was happening. I want to continue with more comments because up next we're going to hear from Patricia Granados. Patricia also participated in the protest of 2020. She's an outspoken. She is and was an outspoken critic of corrupt and bad policing. She also outed a bunch of private citizens and city council members who are part of a private Facebook group called Antioch Backs the Blue. In that private Facebook group, members used similar language describing violence and hate for protesters on the streets. One of the people in the private private Facebook group was Antioch City Council member Lori Ogurchock. Patricia calls out city council members for participating in this hate speech, as well, of, as well as other community members who used similar language in the private Facebook group.
6: Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm just here to celebrate democracy in Antioch because people voted and things happened. We elected a crew here that a group that actually sees and feels and empathizes with what has happened and what needs to be done. So on this end, I still think, yes, hold the police accountable, but also hold the racist, elitist, nepotist, supremacist, hateful clan in the community accountable. Some of them are here today. Raise your hands. I can call you out by name. (laughs) Lori, these are your friends. You know exactly who you are. You are well aware of everything that happened. Mike, I I forgive you because you disassociated yourself from the Back the Blue clan. So I, I get that. So I appreciate that. But still, you're both, you're both Property managers in real estate, so you're worried about the finances, um, and that's where I think that's where the heart is there. But maybe not. You know, you are their representatives, though. The back, the blue clan. Um, the community members that have taken part. These are the ones that have taken part in covering up the police. Um, they, the dirt, right? They coordinated to spread lies, harass, intimidate, threaten, assault, and damage property of anyone seeking justice and accountability. I know my rights, though. Mayor Thorpe, you know your rights. You served this country. Angelo Quinto was also a veteran. He served this country, and his life was lost at the hands of police here in Antioch as well. So I know my rights. So if we could hold these people accountable, that'd be great, because not only did they do that, they also coordinated on their recall attacks on former and current black elected officials. Lori, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You all tried to do the, the page against Mayor Pro Temisha Torres-Walker what happened with it, probably? Anyways, that information is out there. I think they can look at the data that's there. But I think that this is a danger to the community with people like Mike Burkholder, with the wannabe journalist, activating his clan right now. Because he's labeling you as a a criminal city council. This is MAGA language, and it's dangerous to the society. And he and all the rest of your friends need to be held accountable.
3: That's right.
0: Again, more powerful words from the Antioch City Council recorded this past Tuesday. These comments are coming after racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text messages were released that were exchanged between Antioch police officers. I want to close out the public comments with Catherine Wade. Her son, Milad Baldwin, was brutalized by Antioch police over a period of years. Catherine continually spoke out at the Antioch City Council about the treatment her son received at the hands of the Antioch police. During a mental health call on her son last year, police arrived and claimed Malad committed suicide. Catherine is unsure if that is true or not. This is Catherine Wade speaking at the Antioch City Council this past Tuesday.
7: I wrote a speech this time. I finally got some sleep after I I see the results, you know been coming up here for a long time, and um a lot of people in the community have told me, you know you get up there, you say the same thing, but I only could say the truth. I can only tell the truth of what happened to my baby um Tonight is a night of celebration. I thank you all um who've been a part of having to you know deal with this corruption because it dropped in your hands, you know. You know, all of our cries and complaints is now about to come to the open. What is hidden in the, on the dark will come to the light. And like, I like to give a special thanks out to you, Mayor Thorpe, because I I, I know this is hard for you too, because you don't take sides. Um, but I th- want to thank you for holding these officers accountable. Um, this has been a long fight for justice. For my son and myself and my family. I mean, four chiefs running down there. I have copies of complaints from four chiefs in this city. Want to let them know what happened to my, what was going on to my baby, with my baby. Videos to support the complaints that nobody got a chance to look at, you know. When he got beat the first time, twenty-first, fourteen internal affairs called me in, and they wanted to know what happened. And I showed them that one picture with Colleen and Brogdon on his neck. And she said, "Could she have it?" I think Officer her Sister, Sister, something. I said, "No." I said, "We wait for the investigation because there were many pictures of them beating my son, and they lied on the reports." And the DA pick up these reports based on what these officers say. And people have to fight a a case against them. But how are we going to fight them? Justice for Malad, justice for all. All right. Thank
3: you.
0: All right. You're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You just heard the voice of Catherine Wade. Her son, Milad Baldwin, died under mysterious circumstances when the Antioch police arrived at her home for a mental health call. His death was ruled a suicide. Tonight, we have been listening to the voices of the community as racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text messages between Antioch police officers were released to the public. Coming up next, I'm going to play the mayor's comments and the pro tem mayor, Tamisha Torres-Walker. Before I play those comments, I want to remind you all that we're raising funds tonight for KPFA's 74th birthday celebration. If you are able to make a donation to the station tonight that's bringing you this important and vital community information, please head over to kpfa.org and make a secure donation online. If you are able to, please consider choosing the monthly donation option and becoming a sustaining member of KPFA by agreeing to donate a recurring payment of at least $10 a month. Doing so, you provide KPFA with a predictable and dependable source of income. This might even help shorten our fund drives. Again, head over to kpfa.org to make that donation. While you're there, you can check out all the KPFA swag, including t-shirts, hoodies, water bottles, tote bags, and much more. If you would like to call and make a donation over the phone, you can call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-K-P-F-A. And now, if you're just tuning in tonight, we've been sharing the public outcry and expression of emotion coming after racist, misogynistic, and homophobic text messages between Antioch police officers were released to the public earlier this week. Back in 2020, with the rise of police accountability movements, Antioch elected a more progressive city council, including three African American representatives the mayor, the mayor pro tem, and the district four representative. Up next, we'll hear from Councilwoman and mayor pro tem Tamisha Torres Walker and Mayor Lamar Thorpe as they express their feelings and thoughts upon the release of these text messages.
8: You know, I don't know if I can wait for my remarks to be to the end. I'm not even sure I know if I can stay through this meeting. What I will say is that my youngest son had his first encounter with, at the age of 13, right here in Antioch. Very first encounter, negative encounter, with law enforcement. Um, He grew up taking pictures with Richmond police officers and painting faces and making balloon animals and wanted to actually be a police officer until that day. He is still healing from that trauma and the things that were said to him because there were no body cameras to prove his word against the officer's words. You know, when the reporter called me and said, well, do you want to hear the text messages? I didn't know if I did want to hear them. And it's because it's just why I didn't watch the Tyree Wilson video. It's because it is trauma porn, and nobody of color should have to read it, see it, or deal with it because it further traumatizes you. you. But I said, well, go ahead because you're going to put it out anyway, and so I'm going to have to hear it. And she said, well, you're not going to be surprised. I said, no, I'm not. And so what did I hear? I heard nigger with an ER multiple times. Gorilla, monkey, water buffalo, black bitch. Nigger bitch. Ghetto hood rat. Other insulting commentary, not just to black people, but also very, very misogynistic, sexist, homophobic comments, Um, against other people in our community. Threats of assaulting the mayor and his potential life and joking about that as well as other residents. Confessions about the harm that was done to Malab Baldwin. And I will tell you that it was disturbing. It was very disturbing because People have been coming to tell this council before I was here, before council member Barbanica was here, that this was an issue. And nobody did anything to address the issues. Led to the death of Angelo Quinto, the death of others, and there are also survivors who won't come forward because they're afraid for their lives. Individuals say because of what happened to Tyree Wilson, this cannot be racism, for sure, because those officers were people of color. They were black. Sex, anti-blackness exists. Anti-black, you can be a black person and be anti-black. You can be a harbinger as white supremacy as a black person or a non-white person or another person of color, especially when you are in a culture of a system that teaches you to hate yourself. And therefore you hate others who look like you. And I know a lot of people came here tonight to stand up for Chief Ford and say, you know, he's an amazing chief. He's doing the best he can. He was dealt a bad hand. And he absolutely was, and he was dealt that bad hand by chiefs before him, like Kentando, like Tammany Brooks. Everybody here to say Chief Brooks was the best chief we had, and under his leadership, this happened. And he was a black man. Anti-blackness. And so, I think what I really want to say is that as we hopefully stand on the right side of justice tonight and do what we need to do as a council, that Chief Ford chooses to stay in Antioch. Because It will be a choice. Thank you.
3: Um, uh, Yeah. So I'm. uh, You know, I'm. I'm just. I'm just very upset today. Uh, Not just for myself, but for our community. Um, The unique part about being the uh, the mayor. of any city is that um you um you you take on everybody's pain Uh, you take on uh, people's feelings you take on people's heartaches you take on you know when you talked about covid two years ago and how your business was suffering you told me about it Uh, and i and i own that Uh, jim when he tells me about Homeless people living outside of his business uh, a few years ago, and what can he do? Uh, you own that. Uh, there are people in the there are people in this room who uh, who have uh, put their hands over my child to pray for them, tutor them. Uh, so we're all family in, in, in that regard. Uh, so this is this is uh, this is this is particularly painful for me because. Uh, I also have a choice in listening who I listen to, right? And uh, Monica and I have, have, have been here for, for some time, as well as Lori. Uh, we've sat in a lot of closed sessions, and we've made decisions. And we, we consciously swept things under the rug when we knew things were wrong, and we chose not to say anything. <laughs> when we chose to say something, well, for those of us who chose to say something, because I want to be very clear about that two of us chose to say something when we called on police reform in 2020. Um, We were dragged through the mud. We were dragged through the mud. And it it hurts uh, by people we were supposed to trust. Uh, And some people took advantage of that. Some people stood in protest with me at the corner of James Donlin and and, uh, Lone Tree and said they were all for this until it came time to making decisions, then it became a problem. So we get elected, and I knew without a shadow of that, we weren't gonna have cops on school campuses. It just wasn't gonna happen. Not in a city that's minority majority, uh, where our kids, uh, by every indicator, are not doing very well in our school system. We don't need to police them. And then of course, we then had the uh, two in custody deaths. Irrespective of the outcome, that was very challenging at the time. It wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination and people people think we just make decisions haphazardly like we don't care about a, the outcome but those 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 were those were some very very uh, uh, dark moments uh, in my first uh, you know, few months as the mayor we had over 300 400 people showing up to public comment we were staying up to ungodly hours of the night, listening to public comment, listening to the same hurt that you've expressed here today, we've been listening to it for a long time. We absolutely have. And we've made choices as a result of that. And we've spoken up for what we thought was right. Our names have been dragged through the mud. We have been called crazy. And then we have sat here and listened for two, almost on um, the third year now, up until, the, up until tonight, people make innuendo and racist commentary. Dog whistle politics, they call it. They've dog whistled. They sat there. and You know, we, the three of us get it, and some of our counterparts just don't. Uh, and I, I, don't, I can't agree that I, that I understand that, because I'm empathetic, and I understand when you hurt. I understand when you hurt. So I don't understand why the color of my skin can't get you to understand how I hurt. So, but that's for you to reconcile, not me. And so we've gone through a stupid recall in the name of defense of the culture that's been existing at that police department, an unnecessary recall. The scariest moment of my life, I think, was when I got summons to the DA's office, because I had no clue what I was being summoned for. I thought maybe I did something wrong, and I thought it was the end of the world. Uh, but it was to be briefed about this FBI investigation. And here we are in year three with these uh, with these text messages, and I just want to be very clear for people because I'm not sweeping this stuff under the, I'm not sweeping this stuff under the rug. Uh, when I hear people come, up, and Velma did a very good job of articulating, you know, racist commentary and in, in what happens, but when you hear the this these text messages, when you hear this isn't about oh, I made a racist comment and, oh, oops, or, or, oh, it's funny. This was in their heart. This is in their heart. And it's not just 17 individuals we're talking about. We're now talking about 24. 24. I'm not sweeping it under the rug. We're not going to do that. They may get upset. The institution and the status quo may get upset, but I'm not hiding behind that. This is what it is, and we got to deal with it. And so we're going to do that. There are going to be some changes. Some of those changes may make people feel uncomfortable. I don't give a damn. It's going to happen. Because it's the right thing to do. I called Chief Ford when my fence was burnt down. When people, when that dude hit me, I said, Chief, When my daughter is by herself and I'm at these council meetings, can you have the police just circle around my house and check in? And he promised me that. He committed to that. He did that. That's why I'm so personally hurt by this. Because I'm trusting my 13-year-old daughter in your hands. And so I'm not saying the chief, but I'm trusting the officers to show up and do the right thing. Today is not a day about bashing police officers. Listen, I put on a uniform for eight years. I know the pride that you get when you put on a uniform, when you're serving the community. I served my country for eight years. I was proud to put on my Navy uniform. I know these men and women. I know Fortner puts his uniform on with pride, and he has respect for the world that he does. Absolutely. I know that. I do. so this is not about bashing people who show up and do the right thing but we do have a problem, we're not going to brush it under the, under the rug and I expect that this community help us embrace and advance these changes because they're going to require it. And all I can say is there's been a lot that's happened in the last two years uh... this is certainly a this is, this is certainly something that's, that is just not good but and this is by no way a, a uh, it doesn't even matter. I'm, unlike the last mayor, I'm not going to run from my responsibilities as the mayor. I own this. In two years, you will decide whether or not you reelect me to this seat based on this. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you what's happening, and, and we're not going to run from it. That's just that simple. There is no other way around it. But we need your support to do it. Uh, with that, I will uh, conclude with, uh, with a moment for us all to pause and just reflect for a few minutes and just reflect. So as we get in through this uh, agenda, I just ask for a quick moment of pause and silence and reflection so we can get through this agenda and uh, be united as a city. Thank you.
0: That was the voice of Mayor Lamar Thorpe here in Antioch. And before that, you heard the voice of Mayor Pro Tem and District One Representative Tamisha Torres Walker. They were speaking at the Antioch City Council this past Tuesday and reflecting on their thoughts and emotions after the release of racist, misogynistic and homophobic text messages exchanged between the Antioch police. I actually had the chance to catch up with the mayor and the mayor pro tem last night, out in the community, to get some further thoughts. First up, Tamisha to Torres Walker. Then we'll hear from Mayor Lamar Thorpe. You know, we've been catching up. It's been a tumble, uh, like a snowballing week of news, and what's happening with the APD as they kind of have an implosion of a sort with these the text message scandal. And I know you know my story and I'll share it with the listeners before this interview comes on. But how are you feeling, first of all, as just um, like a black woman living in Antioch who has had an interaction um, with your children, with the Antioch police? When you see these messages, um, these memes, I mean, the gorillas, everything like that, how does this leave you feeling just as a person, let alone a, a councilwoman?
8: Well, thank you, Frank, for your activism and staying committed and to this work. Um, you know, as a black Latina and a, a black woman and a black mama, uh, you know, I, I went through a range of emotions. Anger, sadness, hopelessness. Um, you know, just the idea that To think that almost no matter what we do, we'll be up against this bigger culture—a culture that's bigger than us. The idea, you know, when the mayor said it's in their heart, I believe that. And you know, the only people who real—the only entity in the world who actually know what's in our heart, as we say, is God, right? So that's been the biggest challenge for me yeah
0: and then now as um you know as a councilwoman you know working in this city you know what does this leave you to believe that um one what can you do to to i don't know if you could even fix it but to to remedy this problem and um two how are we gonna uh keep a police force here when it seems like it grows and grows every week. Now it's probably almost one third of our force. So what are you all thinking as a council, as a city council and you yourself as a councilwoman?
8: I think there is the 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 challenge with the idea that this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um we went from eight officers last year to 17 officers in the text message to 24 officers in the text message in addition to the eight original officers you know a lot of my intuition tells me that there'll be more and they will have to struggle as a community to think rethink public safety and what it might mean to actually provide policing services on top of public safety services, which is why I pushed so hard for the um, Department of Public Safety and Community Resources to be established because when we think about public safety, it means a lot of different things, not just police and services. And there is a real idea that, that we can see ourselves, if, if this goes deeper, you know, with no police department and and a lot of people are thinking that and afraid of of that but I think that we do have an opportunity to rethink public safety and do some real work in this city um, on the heels of the reduction in law enforcement and say well what are the other things that keep communities safe and invest in those as well.
0: Definitely I know the the budget when I first started my activism and looked it up it was um, like 72 percent of the total city budget was for the police. Now, as you see um, tonight at the Food Truck Thursday, a bunch of the people that have been speaking out um, over the years, myself, Catherine Wade, Sandra, and and yourself, and some other folks have gathered um, out here. And some of the talk I have heard from some folks is that we need to be sure that these officers who have been um, or who are sending these messages and you know um, maybe some are receiving them and not reporting them. But anybody that's wrapped up in this, the words that we have been hearing is that none of these people should be a police officer. Again, they shouldn't be able to um, retire and get their full city pension. You know, what do we do on, on this end? What does it look like for you all in in the city council? When you think about, you know, there the city's obligation to officers as they retire or move on, you know, what are we going to do about this? And do you think these officers should ever be a public servant, let alone someone that carries a gun and is responsible for arresting people or people's safety?
8: It's it's absolutely a pretty sombering moment. I think we're all reflecting, um, I think what what we need to reflect on most is like, what is the pathway forward for the community to heal? How do we, it's culture, right? Not just culture in the police department, but also culture in the community. So I think like at the very, at the the baseline, how do we all come together, reflect on this and think about as a community? Um, Even those folks out there who are confused, because they gave their full support to the police department despite the cries of community. Like, what are they thinking right now? And are they, and are they thinking that they need to rethink this unadulterated commitment, like this commitment that no, that is unshakable, even in the face of what we see today? I think right now, I mean, I don't think any of these people should be in public in a public profession, a profession that requires you to serve the community. Uh, When you think about a police officer, like customer service is paramount. When you you show up, if there is not an immediate threat, you are supposed to show up with a level of compassion to assess everybody as a potential victim until you know otherwise. And the fact that you could have people on the streets that might show up to the house of a black person and automatically not want to be there, even in your worst moment when you're calling them because you need them when you otherwise wouldn't have called them, and you're treated like subhuman or less than human in your most, like, dire need is saddening. And so, no, I don't think these people should come back. I don't think they should have had a benefit of their pensions and their retirements, and I don't think they should be ever allowed to work in this profession or any other profession that requires them to engage in communities of color. And I know other people are saying, well, these were officers of color. Well, anti-blackness is a global pandemic. It, it, you don't have to just be white to be anti-black. And I, and I need us to reflect on that as a community and say that we demand better. We demand better out of this profession if it is going to be a profession that continues to stick around. And we have to do a lot of work to not allow this type of thing to persist.
0: And then I guess one final question. Um, The person I've been shouting the loudest, um, the one that kicked me in the face, the one that used the F word to describe um, gay people, um, the one that burst into my house and made up a complete lie that we attacked them has risen through the ranks throughout the years. I've been speaking about officer Rick Hoffman um, since 2009 when my attack happened. And then I watched in 2012 and 2014, he was awarded by a contando for his merit of service um, he got an award from Chief Brooks for his leadership academy um, and then rose to be the APOA president. So just seeing how that happened and no action ever being taken, um, this is, I feel like, what Chief Ford is up against. This, And you've seen the statements that have come out from the, the POA lawyer. So again, back to the culture or the deep, rooted tendencies to be homophobic to be racist um what do you think uh how do you think chief ford is going to have to handle this when he's up against this especially being a black man and seeing these text messages have you talked to the chief or have you got any word of how he's feeling to see this
8: you know, I haven't really done a deep, deep conversation with the chief about this. I know that he is committed to changing a culture, a culture that has persisted for a very long time. What I would I would say about, you know, the issue around this particular officer is that, you know, if, if the requirement for a merited service award is homophobia, anti-blackness, and bigotry, then he earned it. If a promotion for a leadership academy that teaches homophobia, sexism, bigotry, and anti-blackness is in such an award, he earned it. And if moving up in the ranks of the APOA requires you to be racist, homophobic, misogynist, sexist and anti-black he earned it we have to change that and it can, and it only can take the community
0: all right well thank you very much Tamisha. good luck out there i know you've got a lot to deal with and um i'm just hoping for the best for you all in there that you all can um come together and um you know figure out something some sort of solution
8: Well, thank you, Frank, for everything you do in the community, for the indigenous community. Can't wait to see what else we can do together. And what I'm going to do tonight is just reaffirm to my sons that I I hear them and I believe them. And what I want to say to the public and the community is the best thing, the best service you could do for your children, especially if they inhabit dark bodies, is absolutely trust them. Trust when they tell you what their experiences are until you can prove otherwise.
0: Thank you very much. That's the voice of Tamisha Torres-Walker, uh, Mayor Pro Tem here in Antioch and District 1 Representative. Again, thank you very much.
8: Thank you, Frank. Good night.
0: All right, Franklin out here still uh, for Full Circle. Appreciate uh, Mayor Lamar Thorpe stopping by and giving me a moment to talk. Mayor, I just I just know I've seen some of you on the news already, and I know it's just a terrible feeling. But um, for KPFA and for everybody out there, tell us how you're um, you're feeling when you've seen these messages, because we've known they've been coming. Um, It's been a lead up. They've been slowly coming out. But now that we could actually read them, how are you feeling right now?
3: Um, Well, I'll be honest, I haven't read these text messages. Um, I was just read a couple of them by the east bay times and that was enough for me Um, earlier today i did hear that the da released the the report Uh, i got a link and i quickly perused through it and saw the images i didn't read anything i saw the images of monkeys and gorillas and that was frankly enough uh, for me and some images images of uh the use of the the word nigger Uh, and so that was enough for me to see i wasn't interested in reading anything i got enough in terms of what I
0: feel is the problem here at the Antioch Police Department, and that's the police culture. And so what do you think we're going to do right now? I know we're, we're in a tough spot as a city, as a department. Um, have you talked to Chief Ford and how is he feeling about this? And does he have a plan or I just imagine right now he, he's probably scratching his head, too, as, as a black man leading this department. Um, any word from the chief?
3: Well, I don't know what he's thinking now but what i can't tell you is he did come and report to the city council the other uh, last tuesday and he gave us an update on staffing levels i asked him obviously questions uh, that i thought were key in terms of internal affairs uh promotions and and uh performance evaluations of officers uh, so that was uh, all of the word that i got as it related to uh to the police department and
0: do you want to continue this or do you want to move on no, we're fine. All right. And so one of the things you were calling for is an independent audit of the internal affairs investigation um, process. Um, as we know, Catherine's down there. She, Catherine Wade, who her son, um, Milad Baldwin, was repeatedly harassed by the police, and they referenced her and um, her son in these text messages. Um, what do you think we could do about the internal affairs when these, these complaints seem to go... Um, I don't know what you call it, un, unheard or unacted upon. You know, my, my case was in 2009 and the word I used the whole time was that he called me a faggot back then. So obviously this has been going on at the minimum since 2009 up until now. But in reality, we know it's gonna be long before that. Um, what, we, what can we do about an internal affairs investigation? Is there something we need like the federal oversight that people talk about as in we've seen in Oakland?
3: Well, I don't know how long this has been happening because, you know, the period that these text messages cover is uh, 2019 to 2022. Uh, So I don't know how far back any of this goes. I I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to uh, is that we are going to uh, hopefully push forward on an uh, internal affairs audit, uh, hopefully looking back six to eight years, which is my recommendation in terms of uh, complaints and what their dispositions were. And if there were any complaints that were not investigated, and if they were investigated, whether they were investigated within the one-year statute of limitations because as you know anything investigated after the one year uh, doesn't come with any uh, ramifications or consequences as a result Uh, so we'll look at that and hopefully we can start to determine what direction we need to go in in terms of culture Um, i think uh, the audit and internal affairs the audit and hiring and promotions and an equity audit overall uh, will start to help us understand the culture and what direction we need to start going in, because that's when we'll start to look at data. Uh, and data is going to be very important in making decisions moving forward.
0: I guess um, since I want to let you go, it's cold out here, and I know you've been um, probably hounded by the press over the last few days. Um, what would you just like to tell the uh, the people of Antioch, the citizens that may be listening, about um, your hopes for the future and your, your hopes for for our chief, our new chief, who I even have hopes for. And I haven't ever had hopes for a police officer like this, that I'm kind of like hoping that he succeeds. You know, we need him. So how are you feeling about what we look forward to um, in Chief Ford, seeing as he's up against the APOA, as we know, Rick Hoffman, the name I've shouted the loudest, um, has been the leader of this department um, as the APOA president anyways. And the... um, the statements that are put out by the apoa attorney i feel like this is what chief ford is up against so you know what do you think um how he can handle this uh
3: in terms of chief ford you know i don't want to personalize this because um we're talking about an institution uh and chief ford is one individual within one institution and the city council will have uh, some expectations we will have expectations collectively of, of where we want to see our police chief our police department go and the person in the role we want them to we want to make sure that they're able to achieve those uh, objectives uh, so whether it's chief Ford or any other uh, chief uh, it's important that we not personalize it to the point that we miss I think you know when I think back at chief Bro- chief Brooks and the esteem that people had from I think that was a beautiful thing but that also uh, covered the truth, because we were also blinded by the esteem that we, we didn't ask critical questions. Uh, we bypassed uh, people who were mentioning things that we collectively ignored. And that's why I think that's dangerous. Uh, when it becomes about the individual and not the institution, we miss we missed the boat. This is exactly what happened at Penn State when the football team and its coach became the institution instead of a program at an academic institution. Uh, And and I feel like in this instance, these previous chiefs have become the institution and we then get uh, consternation about asking tough questions. This is not about Chief Ford. This is not about Chief Brooks. This is about the institution of policing. And that's what I'm gonna continue to focus on.
0: All right, uh, Mayor Lamar Thorpe, thank you very much. And um, good luck out there over these next um, few weeks and months and years. Absolutely, thank you. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for important links and information related to tonight's show, including a link to the transcript of the text messages released um, that the Antioch police were sharing racist, misogynistic, and text messages. Also, check out First Voice Media on Facebook for content that we don't get to play on the air, including videos of press conferences and other videos like Wounded Knee 50th Anniversary. Also, if you didn't get a chance to make a donation during the show, please go to kpfa.org and make a secure donation online. We're celebrating 74 years of KPFA being listener supported. That means you, the listener, have maintained and sustained us for 74 years head over to kpfa.org and make a secure donation online you can also call 1-800-439-5732 that's 1-800-hey-kpfa make a donation if you can to this priceless community asset kpfa that does it for me, everybody. This has been Free Will and Franklin reminding you that while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Vajita. Good night, everyone.